Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am the lead pastor of St. John's Church and School in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus. We consider what it looks like uh, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview and operate with that as our lifestyle. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Our hope, right, as pastors, we're both pastors, we want you to get the help you need, the nurture you need. Uh, the blessing that you need, the advice that you need. Um, and so I'm just going to stop there because that was a lot of levels. <laughs> um, so that's what people I think need to know. It's like, we're not just saying, yeah, just go yeah. share everything. And also, by the way, you don't have to tell everything. It's all a voluntary thing for your good. Yeah. It's not for anyone else's good. I think I've been in... Um, I've heard from life group situations where people have said, man, I shared something and then no one else shared anything. Well, it could be that no one else is struggling with the same sin as you are. So like sometimes people share like high level sins and they get ticked off that no one else shared any other high level sins. It could be that that's just where they're at. Um, So I think that that's important to note is this is all for your good, mm-hmm. but you do need to trust the process of that. It is for your good. And it's not for some sort of like really transparent utopia with yeah. a group of people. hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. I think, um, I, I like your list of levels there. I think that's a pretty helpful like tool. Um, I think it captures too the, um, our understanding of what is often referred to as the office of the keys. Um, so, Jesus hands over um, the idea that uh, Christians and the church, when they forgive, it's forgiving on behalf of Jesus, that Jesus's forgiveness is imparted through Christians through the church. And so there's times you go and you share these struggles with um, your life group and those Christians can forgive you. They support you. Um, You can go to the pastor. Um, He is called as behalf of the church to enact these gifts. And so that's why like um, there's a church up in Minnesota when they call their pastors, they like one of the things they do during the installation is that they walk up with a giant key and they hand it to them and say, here's the office of the keys. Could you please use this on our behalf? Like as a picture and a symbol of like, we want you on behalf of the church to forgive us sins when we have them, um, which is kind of a, a cool image. So that's where, yeah, you can go to fellow Christians, you can go to your pastor. Um, one of the nice things um, you might've mentioned is, you know, we have confidentiality when people come to us privately to confess something that's weighing on them. Um, that doesn't go anywhere. That doesn't come home. That doesn't make it into, you know, a podcast like this. Um, that is private. And as somebody who's gone through individual confession, it's, it's pretty liberating to be able to say, here's that thing in the dark that I don't want anyone to know. And I can say it out loud to somebody in Christ and they can forgive me on behalf of Jesus, absolve me, hear that. And, I, you know, you think like, oh, if I say this, there's no way they're going to want to forgive me. Forgive on behalf of Jesus. Help me through that. Talk it through, whatever it might be. Um, it's a really huge blessing. So God has given us all these different ways, whether it's fellow Christians and life groups, um, some of those same gendered people that we can go to, whether it's um, pastors and then other resources like counselors. So many places that God has given gifts, given us people to walk through life, to forgive us, to, to bear those burdens. Um, and so we can utilize them all. And again, each situation you kind of feel out, right, which is this the best situation for? Who do I 
want to go to for this. Um, but it's, uh, it's just abundantly rich in his grace. That's, that's what it really boils down to. God could just have like, all right, go here, do this thing. And he's like, Hey, look at all of these ways that I've offered to help you. I've given you these people. I've given you this pastor. I've given you these gifts of forgiveness and baptism, communion, just so many gifts and just enjoy them and receive my goodness and forgiveness and help through all of these people and these gifts. Absolutely. And when we talk about going to your shepherd, that's somebody that is in a divinely instituted office of ministry. Yeah. So Jesus has created it. So there's a beauty of hearing that you're forgiven from the pastor. Yeah. Right. But yet we don't believe that he's the mediator between God and man and you can only go through him. Right. No, Jesus is the mediator. Yeah. And he chooses his church to enact that. Yeah. So there we go. So we, we never debate on this. PJ, you know oh, we, should do, we should, we we should debate, debate sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but then go, but bringing it back down yeah. to planet earth. Um, so it's, there's a safety going to your pastor, getting the care that you need, mm-hmm. going over things that you need to go over. All right, PJ, I want to bring up some application here because we've been really generic so far. Here. Yeah. Let's bring up some real hot topics. Should the church know if I'm tithing or not? Let's get real here. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is real. Um, money, very few things strike the, the heart like money. Uh, first off, I'll just say Jesus talks about money more than most topics, which is always remarkable to me because I don't, I think most churches actually talk about money much less than Jesus did, um, which is worthy of a reflection sometime. But I think, like you said earlier, you know, the idea that this transparency is a, a voluntary accountability. Um, I, the church, you know, we're not in the business of telling everybody, here's the giving statement for everybody. You know, as a church, collectively, could you decide that we want to do that to hold each other accountable? I suppose you could. Like, there's nothing saying that you can't, as a church, say, we want to be as open and honest about this as possible as a group. Cool. Um, at St. John's Renewal, we don't do that. We don't tell everybody how much you give. We don't tell everybody here's their W-2s and here's how much their, you know, monthly income is. Um, we, we leave that up to, you know, people to share. Um, money is a really real thing. And, you know, Jesus says where your treasure is that your heart will be also. So money is a good indicator of what your love is in this world, how you're spending it, where you're giving it, how you're investing it, all of that. And so it's one of those things as brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we hope that we can have environments where we can talk about that um, where we can be honest. Um, but without the pressure of you have to, let us know. Um, at the same time, you know, again, this is a spirit. Money is a spiritual matter. And as much as you'd like to work around it, it is to the core of who we are spiritually to an extent. And that's when we're, we hope that we can be transparent and be honest. Like, you know what? I, you know, I tithe and I've been blessed in this way. Or, you know what? I, I've really been wanting to work towards tithing. I haven't gotten there yet. And again, people can come alongside you to help you that it's not like, um, and even tithing, we could talk about like, you know, exactly what that looks like and the percentage and, but the idea that we're giving to God, that we're supporting his ministry, that we're returning to him in sacrifice, um, it's something that we hope to be honest about, but it's not mandatory. We're not going to force anyone to, to share this kind of stuff. Right. So, like you said, so going back to what we said at the beginning, not in, in, like pastors and leaders intrusively going to check on anything, Yeah. but voluntary conversations in a discipleship relationship. Yeah. You know, and so what I would see, what I would observe here, though, is when I've seen my brothers and sisters in Christ be in voluntary transparency about this topic, 
mm-hmm. it's bless their finances and bless their giving. And I've seen people tithe and thrive. Yeah. But then I've also seen when people want to kind of not talk about it or hide or whatever. Um, it, I've never seen people really flourish yeah. in that approach. So again, this is all how much you want to grow, but yet we're not going to go check on giving statements, at least at our church. Yeah. Uh, what about dating? Um, does the church need to be involved in my dating life, PJ? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you should run all dating profiles through the pastor before you post. I'm just kidding. Well, um, you know what? People probably would make wiser decisions. Uh, yeah, no I've com- been a pastor for 14 years. <laughs> no and comment. I'm like, I'm like, you've come to me now. You're too fall. You've fallen in love with this idiot and it's too late. And now you're going to make a bad decision. And then I usually get an email about six months after that saying I should have listened to you, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No comment on that. I'll um, <laughs> take Andrew's wisdom. Um, yeah. I think this is another area. Again, you know, one of the beautiful things about the Christian church is the claim of the Christian church is that we have the story of the world and we're here to bear witness to that story, even if the world doesn't want to hear it. And so um, that's to paraphrase John Richard, John Richard Newhouse. Um, and so we, we, t- we know where other people don't, where marriage came from, what marriage is designed for, what the relationship between male and female is supposed to look like. And so the church has all sorts of things to say about how you date, you know, um, you know, how you marry, who you marry, um, what that marriage looks like. And it's not to say that we're, we're micromanaging. This is to be very clear. We're not here to, you know, you really, this person is in the wrong for not taking out the trash last night. That's, that's not what we're about. Um, but the big picture of what these look like, what God has intended for marriage and for people pursuing marriage, people who are married, um, church has a lot to say about. And again, it's out of love. If we know that this is what God wants for the flourishing of marriages. This is what God wants as a reflection of his love, um, the love of his son, Jesus, for the church. Then we want to speak into those things and say, look at this is what God has planned for you. And, and we don't want you to sell yourself short by having anything less than that. Um, we want what's best for you. And it might not always seem that way to you, but in God's eyes, this is the best thing for you. And so, um, yeah, we, we do speak into um, those things like dating, engagement, marriage. Um, again, not in a how I really want to exercise control and micromanage your life, but... I care about you enough to say, here's what God has intended. Let me help you get there. I'm not here to, to condemn you. I'm here to help you get to, to where God wants you to be. In traditional cultures is probably too far in one direction where you never got to spend any time alone with your person that you're dating. But now in our contemporary culture, we're probably on the, we're on the other extreme where when you start dating, you just go away for a long time. <laughs> And you don't talk to anybody. You just hang out with your, your date, yeah. your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and you kind of leave your life group and you just are always together with that person. All of a sudden, Jesus, again, invites us to um, voluntary transparency because of, I think Proverbs is very helpful here. In the abundance of counselors, there's safety. In the abundance of advisors, yeah. there's safety. You're about to make the second most important decision of your life, who you marry. The first most important relationship is your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Second, man, it's going to be who you marry. And we've talked about this on previous podcasts. I think Daisy was a guest on one of them where we talked about who you marry. Man, that's going to determine a lot for your future. Yeah. 
it's probably not a bad idea to invite wise people you trust into that decision, not so they can control the decision, but that you listen and you consider before you get too far down the road. 100%. Number three, this one's a hot one. Uh, PJ, should the church be involved with my cohabitation life? I am cohabitating with the opposite sex. We're planning on getting married in like two years. We got, you know, we don't, we're in no rush. We're just, li- we're already living together. And, you know, everybody does it now, right? And we believe in monogamy, right? So these are usually monogamous people. Yeah. They're not like, you know, uh, doing anything that is, um, going outside of those monogamous boundaries. So what do you think PJ about that? Yeah. Well, again, this is where, you know, this, this, all of these conversations are done out of place of love. And I think we'll kind of end there later, but, um, we care enough about people to want what's best for them, even when they might not know what's best for them. And, and likewise, I want people to call me out. If I'm doing something that is not what God planned for me, I want people who care enough to push past the awkwardness to bring it up. Um, but this is something where, you know, Genesis is clear and Jesus is clear and Paul is clear that um, there, this uniting of one flesh, when two lives, two people, two bodies become one, um, this, this joining is this lifetime between uh, a man and a woman, and it's done in the confines of marriage. That is um, the institution of marriage. And um, so it's one of those things that the church bears witness to. Our life together says this is what God has said marriage is, and so we want our marriages to reflect this. Again, not just because we want to control people, but because we believe this is the best thing for people. And I, I know there's studies too that show, you know, cohabitating before marriage increases the likelihood of divorce. Um, you know, I can find those resources if anyone's really curious, but um, there's a certain idea that, you know, you don't share the entire life together. You don't share your entire bodies together. You don't share all of that together until you've made the commitment before God and before um, his people that we are committed to one another for life. Um, Jesus did not, you know, flirt with the church. Hey, you know, my people, I don't know. I kind of feel in you, you know, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to give everything for you. And, um, I'm going to stick with you till the end when you, you know, when you are ugly, when you have struggled, I'm going to come in forgiveness. I'm going to come and restore you. Um, I'm going to be the faithful one. And so it's when we come and commit our faithfulness and pledge our faithfulness until death us do part. Um, then we, have that merging of those two lives, those two people. Um, so it's something we, it's a church we need to speak into. And again, out of love, we care enough to say something. So this is, this is probably one of the biggest issues. I think that's the, one of the most relevant in the church right now. Yeah. Uh, because followers of Christ, even though Jesus does call out the Samaritan woman at the well for her cohabitation, he says, you've been with, he, he prophetically told her how many men she had been with, etc. I think followers of Christ, because the cultural pull is so strong, we have said, all right, well, we're just going to do what the culture is doing. What the culture does is you live together first, make sure you're compatible, make sure you really like each other, and then you get married. And there's some human wisdom there, but I want to share God's biblical wisdom and its commitment before giving of yourself sexually to someone who you may not be committed to. It's covenant commitment. So a marriage is a covenant where you're binding yourself in a public vow before witnesses, before God and witnesses. You're, yeah. you're making a vow to uh, the other person. 
and people are writing their own vows now and that's fine and good. And, but the point is you're, you're, you're saying before everybody, I'm going to commit to you till death do you part. Now we've made sex so casual that it's not as sacred. So we think, Oh, who cares if you have sex before marriage? Like, what does it matter? However, uh, God sees sex as a sacred thing. He sees your body as sacred. He sees your life as holy, that it shouldn't be this casual that you're making it. And I think I could, I think we could bring up so many examples where it's like, man, what would the world look like PJ? If we actually followed Jesus's design and didn't have premarital sex, what if no one had premarital sex and everyone just had sex after they got married and everybody stayed married? Yeah. What would the world look like? Look very different. Yeah. It would look a lot different. Dingson. And now I think what, when we think about that, we're like, oh, it sounds so conservative. It sounds so sheltered. No, it sounds beautiful. It sounds like a beautiful world, a beautiful design without STDs and unwanted pregnancies and abortions and all these things that we're doing because we've taken matters into our own hands. Mm -hmm. So, but I hope for the follower of Christ, we just say, let's follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And let's not, like we're going rational now because of the weakness of our, the sinful nature of human beings. Yeah. But I hope that by the spirit of God, we just obey. Um, PJ, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Sounds good. Should the church know about if I want to get a divorce? Uh, it's a good question. First though, this is just where you, you talked about there's wisdom and being in a wise counsel. Um, when you're going through stuff in your marriage, um, if, if the only two people, if it's just you two trying to figure it out and you're at each other's throats, there's issues. Um, it's going to be hard to get a whole lot of help. And again, it's not that things can't work out. I'm sure there's success stories and stuff. Uh, but the church is here to support you. And that's one of the things that, you know, when you're a witness at a wedding, you are now part of God's people on earth who are supporting that marriage. I have witnessed this commitment and I am also not just witnessing, but I'm committing to help this marriage. I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to, you know, however I can, whenever I can. And different marriages look different. You know, you don't always have the same relationship with the couple. Um, but, you know, Jesus's own words, you think of Mark 10, when they ask about divorce and Jesus says, what did Moses say? And they said, well, Moses said we get the certificate. And he said, that's because of your hardness of heart. But he, he quotes Genesis and says, um, you know, the two will become one flesh and what God has joined, let no one separate. This idea that in marriage, you are now one. And the picture he gives is to, to get a divorce at that point is literally tearing flesh apart. It is, it means like amputating an arm um, and, or even worse than that. So the church should speak into it again because we care about couples and we care about marriages. We care about these people involved. And we realize marriage isn't always going to be sunshine and butterflies. There's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be tough patches. Um, and we're here to help you bear the burdens of the, the tough patches. We're here to celebrate the high points. Um, but we want to be able to speak in, um, again, out of love and say, hey, I know that right now it feels like the best path is maybe a divorce, a separation. But remember the promises you made. I was there. I saw that. Remember... Um, this beautiful picture of faithfulness of Jesus, that he would um, commit himself to a people that aren't always perfect, um, that probably don't always bring him joy. Um, and, and while happiness is not a bad thing, our number one goal is not happiness. So we're here to walk with you through godliness, through holiness, um, and knowing that, you know, there's going to be a day in the new creation where all of the relational strife is gone. You know, that's, a, again, when we talk about anything marriage-wise, you know, this is a curse that's put on the earth. Like, husbands and wives are supposed to be in this beautiful love and respect and honor 
with one another and walking with God. And, um, and part of the curse of sin is that, you know, you described earlier, we don't have that beautiful picture of the whole world living as God wants it to be. And even those who are trying to still experience the, the shortcomings of life in sin. And so long and short is yes, the church, we want to be able to speak into those when we can. And again, this is where it's voluntary. I realize like sometimes you don't know about a divorce until it's happening or happened. And, um, again, as the church, we want to speak into that and, and say, Hey, remember what you promised. Remember what God has done for you. Remember, let us help you with this. Um, while also realizing that like if you're struggling and your things feel like they're moving in a bad direction, get help. Talk to members of the church. Talk to the pastors. Talk to a, a Christian couple counselor, something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what God, God intends something greater for you than just, all right, this was good for a time, but now this doesn't make me as happy. I want something else. Um, God wants something more than that for you. That's better for you, more blessed. doesn't mean it's always going to be fun. Um, it's not always the easiest route, but it is the best route. Absolutely. And I would say, again, going back to our paradigm, voluntary accountability to Jesus and his church is, and I would encourage in a situation this difficult to go to your pastor, you know, go to your pastor, see if there is something you're missing because you're wanting a divorce. You may uh, get some insight or whatever. And, And often I've seen in the church too, a couple come together for marriage counseling and their marriage is healed. Yeah. Now with that said, Jesus do- does give an exception to the rule of no divorce when there's uh, sexual unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. And then Paul in first Corinthians seven has a difficult situation when a believer is married to a non-believer, how challenging that mm-hmm. could be. Yeah. I think in that case, the non-believer leaves, right? Yes. To be clear, the non-believer, uh, Paul gives the non-believer the ability to leave the marriage, but he does challenge the believer um, to remain committed. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet he does condone divorce if the non-believer wants out in that and like just deserts the other person. Exactly. And in both of those cases, the other party has effectively remarried, you know, in a way if they've committed adultery, they've, they've connected their body to somebody else. They're one flesh with that person too now. And, um, or they've abandoned. And so in some way they've already kind of broken the marriage. And so Jesus and Paul give kind of this idea of like, you know, they've already done this. And so don't feel burdened by, you know, that if well, it's obviously gonna be painful, but if they've, if that other person has left, if they have connected to somebody else and they've left you behind, um, at that point you can kind of formalize what they've already done. Okay. We are no longer one flesh because this person has chosen to remove themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's tough. And then obviously like, you know, as a Christian, you try and navigate, right. And even then it, you know, it's permitted, but it's not a mandate. You don't have to divorce them if they come back and, you know, want to repent or something. Um, so yeah, I think that's again, just where the church has things to say and can talk through. It's not to slam a hammer on somebody. It's to say, all right, this is a tough situation. This is, you're going through a lot. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Let's talk about it. Can we help? Um, here's what I do know. Here's what God wants. Here's the sticky situation. Let's work through this together. Yeah. So it's really cool. I think we're getting a glimpse of what it would look like to come and to hear about, you know, what the word of God would say as I try to walk in the light. But to summarize all this, I just want to say this for our listeners. As b- being a pastor for 14 years, I think that I've observed people have their marriages healed, um, have had uh, even people, couples who are cohabitating uh, come to Jesus together and mm-hmm. get married. I've seen couples date 
and now they're married and they're flourishing and they listen to wisdom. I've seen people tithe and their finances are flourishing. Conversely, I've seen people walk in darkness in all of these areas and kind of sadly repeat behaviors that have not blessed their lives. And they, I think they know it. Yeah. So again, all of this is for your good. All of this is out of love. Voluntary accountability, voluntary transparency is to receive love. It's not to receive anything else. And we're all sinners. We all are restored by the grace of God. We're all seeking to walk in the way of Jesus together. And it's a beautiful thing when there's biblical community that is walking together. And so if you are tuned in today, we are grateful uh, that you are uh, watching or listening wherever you podcast. If you do have a question, you can submit it to hello at sjdenver.org. We would love to have more questions. Please uh, give us your questions. We are here to serve you and minister to you, and we hope that uh, we were faithful to the scriptures and blessed you today in this. If you uh, would like to uh, follow us wherever you podcast. We invite you to do that. If you were blessed by this message in any way, we encourage you to share this episode with someone you think would be instructed in their love for Jesus and his church. We will see you next time.